Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Crossover Across Time podcast. Uh, this is the first of two episodes we'll be doing for today, uh, Tuesday of week 15, uh, because unfortunately I did miss yesterday's uh, episode. I want to apologize for that. Um, simply put, I ended up <laughs> later in the day yesterday, uh, Monday, laying down for a little bit, trying to, to take a rest before um getting back up to then do the podcast and then before I knew it I was um waking up you know halfway through the night <laughs> after having slept for several hours and decided I should finish it out get the rest of my night's sleep and uh do two episodes today so firstly apologize for that secondly <clears throat> um because of my failure to, failure to do an episode and failure to communicate with Wyatt we unfortunately don't have him for this uh, episode this week. So that's my bad. Um, you know, he had his schedule cleared for Monday, but then today he's pretty busy with things. So unfortunately we won't be able to have him on the show, but again, that's all, it's all me, but regardless, we're going to press on. We're going to, we're going to make do. And uh, we have some contribution from Wyatt in our, our MVP for this week, but we'll get to that obviously towards the end of the show. Um, Excuse me. Firstly, we're going to start with our uh, our five on five drill, as we would. Basically, what we'll do, since we're doing two episodes today, this first episode is going to be what we would have done for the Monday episode. So this takes the place of everything Monday. So we're doing all the games from the weekend, uh, Friday through Sunday. Um, any news from those days and up through Monday itself, uh, and then we'll talk about uh, everything we would as far as game previews for the rest of this week and our power rankings and MVP, which are both based on the last week of basketball. So let's dive right in. Our five on five drill is what we do every Monday. Instead of recapping every single game, we focus on a select few. And then we have our, our sixth men section where we, you know, point out any side notes from games that are worth noting uh, outside of just those five games. So let's start off. The first of our five-on-five five drill comes from Friday's action. This was the Golden State Warriors in Cleveland against the Cavaliers. And they rested all but uh, – well, they rested, let's see, Stephen Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, and Andrew Wiggins. None of those five, four played for the Warriors. Very shorthanded in Cleveland against a good Cavs team. They didn't have Donovan Mitchell in this game, but they still had the rest of their solid group. But the Warriors were still able to come out on top, 120 to 114. Um, Pretty remarkable. And they held big leads in that second half. Um, Yeah, kind of bizarre. Not what you'd expect. For the Cavs, uh, led by Darius Garland, 31 points, 9 assists. Strong game from him. 22 points, uh, 5 rebounds, a steal, and 2 blocks for Karis LeVert solid in that starting guard spot instead of uh, or in place of rather Donovan Mitchell. And then uh Evan Mobley 17.7 rebounds in that uh in his usual spot, the four spot. Isaac Okoro only four points, Jared Allen only eight points. Uh Allen not really a big scorer or Okoro more a scorer than Allen. Both more just your role player type guys, but uh yeah, 13 for Osman off the bench, as well as 12 from Kevin Love. But for the Warriors, they got big help from Jordan Poole, starting, of course, in place of Steph Curry, 32 points, uh, doing what you'd expect Jordan Poole to do. 
22 points for Ty Jerome also getting the start at guard. He's been a guy who was kind of bouncing around the league for a couple of years and now seems to have found at least a, a little more solid situation in Golden State. Um, 17 from DiVincenzo, uh, 13 from Jermichael Green, and 12 from Anthony Lamb. Anthony Lamb's another guy who's he's a two-way contract guy, and now suddenly he's uh, you know, three point, another three-point weapon of the arguably the three-point shooting team. Um, it's at least that's the perception, and they are one of the best. They have the best players to ever do it. Uh, the best player, singular, and Clay Thompson to have to add in that mix. But regardless, yeah, kind of interesting that Golden State's able to get a win. Credit to them and their team having their role players step up in absence of those four guys all just kind of trying to get some rest uh, on a back-to-back. Um, I believe it was a back-to-back, and that was the reason for resting those players. Um, but, yeah, big win for Golden State. Interesting loss for Cleveland. I guess they just kind of, you know, move on past that. I think they won their next game anyways, so uh, just one of those things where you have to, you know, shake your head and move on, I suppose, if you're Cleveland. Um, moving on ourselves to Friday after later Friday night, uh, our second game we're going to talk about the uh, Los Angeles Lakers at home against the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, and they beat the Grizzlies to immediately throw off my prediction that I made a last week. If you remember my, our weekly predictions from uh, the Wednesday show last week, my prediction was that the Memphis Grizzlies, who were on an 11 game win streak at the time, would sweep their up- upcoming four-game road trip uh, or series against Pacific teams and would have, by the end of that, a 15-game win streak while they go ahead and lose their next game and they uh, have lost their next one or two games after that as well. So, Grizzlies fans, I apologize. I hope I did not jinx the team in any way. That was not my intent. I thought they you know, had the potential to do that, but... Uh, that's kind of the way the the ball rolls. Sometimes, sometimes you go on an eleven game win streak. Sometimes you go on an eleven game losing streak. And I'm not saying they're going to do that. It's unlikely they'll do that. Uh, you know, knock on wood. But um, you know, team, teams, it, the game itself is a game of runs. You know, scoring runs, scoring droughts, and the same way that wins and losses go and go and runs in that same that same way. So. Uh, regardless, yeah, big win for for LA uh, at home. They win it on a a late steal, or it's aided by a late steal by Dennis Schroeder. Um, for Memphis, solid games ish from John Morant, and Desmond Bain. Twenty two points for John Morant, sixteen for Desmond Bain. Desmond Bain was more efficient, um, but scored less points. Neither of them had the stellar game you would hope or expect. Um, great game for Steven Adams though, 16 points, 17 rebounds, uh, doing his job in the paint, 12 points for Jaron Jackson, big help off the bench from Tyus Jones and Brandon Clark. They each had 20 points and they kept this game close and kept Memphis within, uh, striking distance of still being able to win this game. Uh, but for the Lakers, they were led by, uh, well, of course, LeBron, as you'd expect, 23 points, nine rebounds, six assists two steals and two blocks. Um, uh, Russell Westbrook off the bench, their, their leading scorer in this game, 29 points, five rebounds, six assists. Um, and then the aforementioned Dennis Schroeder, 19 points, eight rebounds, eight assists, three steals, including that crucial steal towards the end. 
and a block. Those three kind of willing uh, the Lakers to a win. They also got uh, 10 or more points, uh, 10 points from Patrick Beverly, 11 from Troy Brown Jr., and 11 from Kendrick Nunn uh, in one of his last games as a Laker, as we'll, we'll get into that in just a second. But, um, yeah, Lakers uh, shock the Grizzlies at home, kind of a big win for them. Uh, let's jump to the next game, if I don't close my tab prematurely here. Uh, the next game comes to us from that next day, Saturday. Uh, we're going to talk about the Celtics winning on the road in Toronto against the Raptors. Uh, Boston getting the win 106 to 104. And that was their ninth straight victory. And a uh, fairly back and forth affair uh, for the Raptors. They were led by Pascal Siakam, as you'd expect 29 points, 10 assists, 9 rebounds, nearly the triple double for him. 22 for Gary Trent Jr., 17 points, 11 boards for Precious Achua, and uh, 12 for Anunoby, 10 for Scotty Barnes, and that was their starting five in this game. Uh, for the Celtics, 27 for Jalen Brown, 25 for Grant Williams off the bench, and uh, 12, let's see, no, 23 for Malcolm Brogdon off the bench as well, and 12 from Peyton Pritchard. Their starting lineup, heavily struggled in this game and they were definitely affected by some injuries. Uh, and we'll get to that with the news, but um, Celtics able to overcome some injuries, get a win against Toronto, keep the win streak going. Um, our news a little bit later, we'll explain why that game particularly was very significant. Um, let's jump to Sunday and the Brooklyn Nets taking care of business and keeping their uh, record afloat against the Golden State Warriors, 120 to 116. Um, and they were down fairly big. They were down as much as 17 towards the end of the first half. They claw their way back. Golden State builds a lead again in the fourth, claw their way back again. And uh, they come out with the win without uh, Durant still. They're, you know, he's still working on recovering from that injury. Um, but Kyrie led the way. But let's talk Warriors first. Uh, they got their four guys back that didn't play the previous game. 26 points from Stephen Curry. He led the way, uh, along with seven to six, uh, seven assists, excuse me, six rebounds. Uh, 17 points for Jordan Poole. 20 off the bench for Jonathan Kaminga. Uh, 14 for Kevon Looney. 13 for DiVincenzo. The starters, Wiggins and Green, uh, held the single-digit scoring. Klay uh, Thompson only 10 points. Uh, but for the Nets, yeah, Kyrie, 38 points, 9 assists, 7 rebounds, willing the Nets to a win. Also, big help from Nick Claxton, 24 points, 15 rebounds, and 3 blocks. Great game from him. We got solid help from Joe, Har- Joe Harris and Royce O'Neal. They combined for 30, 14 for Harris, 16 for O'Neal, and 12 off the bench for Seth Curry. And the Nets get the job done in Golden State against the Warriors. Uh, finally, our next game was right after that, or right uh, near that game on the the slate. The Los Angeles Lakers storming back in Portland against the Trailblazers, one twenty one to one twelve. Uh, they were down as much as twenty five points at one point in this game, right at the uh, right about halftime. But then they rally back and stun the Trailblazers in this game. Um, for Portland, 
24 points, 10 assists, six boards for Damian Lillard. Um, their scoring leader was Anthony Simons, 31 points, 19 points as well for Jeremy Grant, 13 points, 10 boards for Josh Hart, and 11 off the bench for Nasir Little. Whereas the Lakers had LeBron again leading the way, 37 points, 11 rebounds. They also had 31 points, 14 boards for Thomas Bryant. He continues to be very solid for the Lakers in that starting center position. Dennis Schroeder, 24 points in that starting guard spot. Uh, and then 10 points for Troy Brown Jr. And the Lakers, with their kind of three leading guys in this game, James, Bryant, and Schroeder, win the game in Portland. I'm realizing as we're talking about these, we focused on two Warriors games and two Lakers games. So I apologize. I did, There's no West Coast-specific division bias here. That's just kind of the way things crumbled. Those teams, you know, are kind of – uh, a focus at the time, at, at this time, rather. Uh, I do have a bonus game for us from Sunday as well, and it's the Thunder, the Oklahoma City Thunder, stealing a game in Denver against the Nuggets. Um, off of a Shea Gilgis-Alexander bank shot uh, to help seal the win for them. They led through much of the game. Denver made a push in the third quarter, and it was competitive throughout, but uh, Thunder held on to win this game and stun the Nuggets. For Denver, uh, they had seven guys in double figures, uh, 10 boards each for Aaron Gordon and Zeke Naji. Uh, they were without uh, Nicole Jokic in this game, I believe, rest due to uh, some soreness. Um, so he did not play, and that was probably a factor in this game. Um, but regardless, big game again for Shea Gilgis Alexander 34 points, five boards, five assists, great percentages, 18 points from Josh Giddy as well. Um, and a lower scoring game, especially for this season, but the Thunder still able to come out on top in that game. That's a bonus game, but we do have some uh, snippets from a lot of the other games from this weekend. Firstly, uh, in the Friday game, the Clippers in San Antonio against the Spurs, a couple notes, uh, Zubats grabbed 16 boards and Paul George just out 12 assists. He's been uh, playing a sort of, you know, point guard ish role in due to some injuries and or resting of players. Uh, he picked up 12 assists in that win over the Spurs. So nice job for him on Friday, the nuggets, when they won against the Indiana Pacers at home, Jamal Murray picked up a triple double. So kudos to him. Um, we talked a bit about the Nets game on Sunday, but on Friday they managed to beat the Utah Jazz in Utah, and Kyrie came out with 48 points along with 11 rebounds. So he had a pretty big weekend, not just that one singular game. Um, also from that Friday night, for the Kings, they had some some big statistical performances. Of course, Sabonis keeps his uh, his double-double run going, but he got a triple-double, 18 points, 14 boards, 14 assists. And Keegan Murray had a kind of a career night. I don't know if this was career high scoring. I would think it is. Uh, but 29 points, 14 rebounds, big game from him. And the Thunder beat the, or the, excuse me, the Kings beat the Thunder in that game. Um, then we have a few more notes from, let's see, Saturday. Um, from the Cavs game. Yes, the this was the bounce back win. They had lost the previous night, we mentioned, to the Warriors. Uh, but then they beat the uh, Milwaukee Bucks at home. But uh, Evan Mobley scored a career-high 38 points, so that was definitely worth noting. Uh, sort of in that same scoring vein, but 
more of a, a primary scorer. Uh, Anthony Edwards had a big scoring night Saturday against the Rockets with 44 points. Uh, and that was oh, that overcame some crazy stats from uh, Alperen Shangun for the Rockets. He had 19 points, 16 boards, seven assists, a steal, and three blocks. Really doing it all for the Rockets. He continues to be uh, a kind of a draft steal for them. Uh, from Saturday as well, the the Pacers Suns game. Even though the Pacers lost that game, excuse me, let me get those stats pulled up. Even though the Pacers lost that game, they had a big game from um, T.J. McConnell. And for some reason, this uh, NBA website is not cooperating. McConnell had a triple double. He had 18 points, 12 assists, 10 boards, along with two steals. He had a big game in that one. Um, and then finally on Sunday. There was a, a big game from Julius Randle in their, unfortunately, their loss to the Raptors. Um, and I keep trying to pull these stats up, and uh, I just don't want to cooperate here. I, I click box score, and then it just brings up the games again. This is bizarre. Anyways, Julius Randle, 23 points and 19 rebounds on Sunday night. So... Uh, yes, plenty of statistical notes we had across the league uh, this weekend of action. Um, some some very interesting specific games to note as well. But uh, yeah, that's that's the bulk of everything I had to talk about as far as games and stats from the last weekend of action. Let's go ahead and talk news again. This is from last Friday to uh, yesterday, Monday. Again, we're doing kind of our pseudo Monday show for this first episode. Um, but this is up through Monday's action. <clears throat> Excuse me, getting another drink here. Uh, firstly, uh, Sally Alarms, we have our first trade. No, not first trade. We did have that Spurs-Celtics trade with Noah Vonley. So not the first trade, but a big trade. And we're going to expect to have at least some more trades Uh in the upcoming weeks as we get closer to the trade deadline, I think it's in the next couple of weeks. Um, yeah. Two weeks from Thursday, I believe on February 9th. Uh, we can verify that later for sure, but we have a trade. The Washington wizards send forward Rui Hachimura to the Los Angeles Lakers for guard Kendrick Nunn and three second round picks. Um, if you want the specifics on what, what years those picks are, what protection, those types of things, I'm sure Woj has the information on the specifics, the NBA website, ESPN's website. Um, I don't remember the specifics. I think a couple of them are a few years off, or at least one of them is a while, kind of a ways away. Um, of course, the Lakers are going to have to give up more in terms of draft picks for this move to work. They give up a guard and none who's been – kind of more negative than positive in terms of his play with the Lakers. Um, and his career has just been very odd to pinpoint how good of a player he is because he had that one breakout year with Miami, then dealt with injuries in between and before and after the signing with the Lakers, has played spot minutes with the Lakers and had some decent scoring nights and some highlights on social media of airballed threes. And now he's traded to 
the Wizards. So we'll just have to see what comes of that. Uh, Hachimura kind of fell out of favor in the lineup for whatever reason. I guess the the emergence of Kuzma, the the Porzingis trade, um, Gafford being solid, any number of combination of these things or singular one of these things. Um, but he now goes to Lakers, who are in need of some kind of bigger, stronger forwards with some ability, some younger guys. You know, I think looking at the immediate future, I feel like he could be a plug-in start guy short-term while they're still looking to get Anthony Davis back. Once Anthony Davis is back, I then expect him to be more sixth, seventh man for the Lakers. But I think he could be a positive addition. It just depends on how he's grown in these last couple of years. But regardless, noteworthy trade for sure. Um, the the wizard side of it won't it, that'll just help their draft capital in the future, and none probably won't be a big part of the rotation. He might even be buyout. I'm not sure the exact specifics of his contract, but it'll be more keep an eye on the Lakers and what Hachimura brings to that team trying to make a push to get back into that play in and playoff picture. Um and speaking of the Lakers, we had an interesting situation last Friday. We talked briefly about that Lakers Grizzlies game from Friday. Bizarre scene. We had uh, Shannon Sharp, who, if you're not an NFL fan or not familiar, he was a uh, one of the great tight ends of all time in the NFL, playing for the Broncos and the Ravens. Um, but he's now a, a first take analyst in place of. Um, in place of no, in place of Stephen A. Smith, or is it not first day? I don't even remember because it was first take with Stephen A. and Skip, and then that's all gone out the window. I don't know who's where anymore, and really, I haven't watched those shows in a while to care enough. But regardless, he's one of those talking heads on an ESPN type show, and he's. But but even in his playing days, he's always been kind of a personality. But he's he's sitting sideline for the sideline for this Lakers game, and he gets into a confrontation with several Grizzlies players, John Morant and Dylan Brooks, who kind of first and foremost among them, trash talking throughout the game, back and forth talk. They start to go at it, kind of just before and during halftime, and T. Morant, John Morant's father is sitting nearby. He stands up and he starts to get into it with Shannon Sharp. And so I, I haven't seen any sort of like condoning or, or condemnation uh, condemning rather than condoning by the NBA's part or fines. I don't know if I really expected that or if that fits what's going on. I don't know if it's, I don't know what to make of this. You know, you watch the video. My my thought is why is Shannon Sharp so like you know it's one thing to be an analyst and talk about it, but then to go to a game and like verbalize if you don't like a player or something that's going on with the other team. It's just it's such a weird situation. But it was a big thing that was you know being talked about. So of course, um, had to mention it here. Um, I had this written down. I'll, I'll mention it briefly. This was before Hachimura got traded. There was a thing on the NBA website where they had asked Hachimura about the trade rumors, if he would want to go somewhere else, if 
he wanted to say in Washington, and he just said, I don't know. Basically, a pretty good answer. Like, you know, I, I, it's like, I, I don't know if I want to do, if I want to go somewhere else, if I want to stay in Washington. It's kind of interesting situation. But of course, as you mentioned, he's already traded to the Lakers. So kind of a moot point there. Um, for Boston, this was the point we were talking about with the Saturday game where they played in Toronto against the Raptors and they lost a couple of guys early in that game. Uh, both Marcus Smart and Robert Williams missed the second half of that game uh, due to injuries they sustained in the first half. Now, from what I saw on that initial report and, you know, some some comments on that from kind of mainly the NBA website, it said that um, both seem to be fairly minor injuries in the grand scheme of things in terms of, uh, you know, day-to-day or within a week or two turnaround. Um, I can say that Robert Williams has already returned to the lineup for Boston. Marcus Smart is a different question. Um, regardless, worth noting, Boston still got the win in that game, but for either of those guys to be dealing with injuries is a, would be a big blow to the, uh, the, the Celtics at this time as they're still currently the top team in the, the NBA record wise um, would be a tough blow as they're trying to hold on and build that spot, you know, even build that lead a bit further. Um, some sad news out of Portland, uh, Bill Shonley passed away at 93. Um, and this is a name I quite honestly wasn't ultra familiar with, but I, you know, appreciate this name much more now that I was able to learn about some, uh, some of his achievements. Uh, posthumously um he's a play-by-play broadcaster for nearly 30 years for the portland trailblazers and that includes the title run in 1977 it also includes their great teams in the 90s and i think maybe even through the 2000s um he was the kurt gowdy media award winner in 2012 and he is credited for coining the rip city moniker that's become popular for portland uh, itself, not just the Trailblazers. So uh, he did a lot. He was a big, uh, big part of the Trailblazers organization. Um, one of those legendary broadcasters you're, that you have with certain organizations and across the NBA family. So uh, definitely, you know, uh, best wishes for his family, for the, the Trailblazers organization at this time. Lose a guy like that uh, who's, you know, legend in his uh in his trade you know so definitely wanted to to make note of that um a few injury things of note uh firstly uh for washington christoph sporzingis is week to week with a left ankle sprain and uh for the grizzlies their game against memphis or excuse me against the kings on monday john morant and stephen adams were both inactive Uh, i think that both those guys were more you know, rest related rather than a specific injury. But for, for all three of those guys mentioned, you know, just uh, getting them back on the floor in good health and good uh, rest would be, you know, priority. So hopefully we can get that sooner rather than later. Um, it's some reverse news, the positive type of injury news in the sense of players returning from injury. Um, firstly, for Milwaukee, uh, 
Giannis Antetokounmpo and Chris Middleton uh, did return Monday night versus the Detroit Pistons in Detroit. And that is huge news for a Bucks team that had kind of been uh, floundering a bit. They had gotten some help from Drew Holiday, but to get your two all-stars back, especially your multi-time MVP and finals MVP and defensive player of the year, Giannis Antetokounmpo, generational talent. That's big for them to get those guys back in the fold. And uh, we'll see. Hopefully that can translate to more consistent wins for Milwaukee. Um, Even bigger injury news, though, for Orlando. Jonathan Isaac played his first game, uh, his first NBA game in probably at least 700. If We had to put a number to it. The last time he played was in the bubble in 2020. And that would have been August-ish of 2020. And he finally played here January of 2023. So seven or 800 days since he last played in an NBA game. Um, and he finally got back out on the floor for Orlando. Awesome to see that. He, he's a guy that I've enjoyed seeing play. And he had been just getting better and better every year before he has had these ACL injury, plural, I think, at least ACL injury. Um, and so good to see him back uh, for Orlando and strengthening that group of, of, and he's still fairly young. You know, he can still be a part of that team as they're trying to build. Um, another transactional note besides the big trade uh, with Hachimura, for Phoenix, they re-signed Saban Lee uh, to a 10-day contract, so he'll be with the team for another little while. And then finally, some more just NBA news uh, for their the Players of the Week. Those were announced for this last week. Uh, Drew Holiday and LeBron James were named Players of the Week in the Eastern Conference and Western Conference, respectively. Congratulations to both those guys for winning those awards. Those are both well-deserving players. And speaking of LeBron, let's go ahead and check on our um, the LeBron scoring tracker. I think I just saw an update on this. So he is 224 points away from Kareem's all-time uh, scoring record. He's on pace. Uh, based on his career scoring average, he would need eight more games to pass Kareem. And that puts him on, on pace for February 7th versus the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, so definitely keep an eye and an ear out for that as LeBron gets closer and closer to uh, some big history in the NBA. And that takes care of our news for this episode. Again, we'll have a couple more items on our next episode, which will be the more proper Tuesday episode. But for now, we got to talk game previews. Um, all the times that I will give for these games uh, to preview for you are in Eastern Standard Time, uh, simply because that's what's given on the NBA's website, and that's where I'm able to kind of compare and find the find these uh, games for you. So, with that being said, let's jump into it. Tuesday, we're already through most of Tuesday's action, but I'll tell you anyways. We had a TNT doubleheader, seven thirty. It was Celtics at Heat. That game was uh, kind of a thrilling end. And then at 10 o'clock, it was Clippers at Lakers. So that was the Tuesday games. But let's jump to Wednesday. So this is tomorrow night's games. Uh, firstly, an ESPN doubleheader on this one. At 7.30, the Brooklyn Nets in Philadelphia against the 76ers. Um, 
you know, James Harden versus his old team. There's the same with Ben Simmons finally playing against the Sixers in Philly. Um, I that actually did already happen earlier in the season, but it, it happens again. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Probably not anything more or less crazy than what's already happened. And then at 10 o'clock, the Memphis Grizzlies in Golden State against the Warriors. Um, the Grizzlies on a, a little bit of a losing streak, see if they can get right against the Warriors, or are the Warriors starting to get right with, uh, you, you know, are they going to finally find the groove? We keep waiting for it to happen. It keeps kind of, you know, happens for a game or two, then they slip, happens and slips, you know. Will that trend continue? That's maybe the question. Will they continue to just be a kind of so-so team at this point in the season? I guess it'll be uh, seen tomorrow night. And then one more game for you, league pass at 8 o'clock. The Nuggets at the Bucks, uh, two of the top teams in their conferences. What more do you need to say? Uh, the last two MVPs battling each other, Jokic versus Antetokounmpo. Uh, that would be a great game to watch out for. Uh, again, that's on league pass at 8 o'clock. Then Thursday, um, sorry, I forgot to say Wednesday, there's 10 games total. Thursday, there's six games total. And the two that you'll want to pay attention to uh, are the TNT doubleheader games. Firstly, at 7.30, the New York Knicks in Boston against the Celtics. Um, The Knicks, better than you might have expected. Celtics, the top team in the East. Good Eastern Conference classic Atlantic division matchup. And then at 10 o'clock on TNT, the Dallas Mavericks in Phoenix against the Suns. Playoff rematch um, after what happened in last year's playoff. Although Devin Booker not playing, so you're not going to have that Booker versus Doncic uh, face down that you might, as a fan, like to see. Of course, there's that meme picture of Doncic looking up at Booker. But anyways, it should still be a good game, especially with Phoenix starting to get some guys back from injury, see if they can kind of right the ship there. And then Friday, we have five games. Sorry, I had to get a drink again. Friday, we have five games uh, and a uh, NBA TV doubleheader. Firstly, at 7.30, the Memphis Grizzlies in Minnesota against the Timberwolves. And then at 10 o'clock, the Toronto Raptors in Golden State against the Warriors. Both of those playoff rematches, especially the Raptors and Warriors, a rematch of the finals from just a few years ago. Uh, so those, those should be uh, some pretty interesting games to keep an eye out for. So regardless, that takes us through our uh, game summaries for the last, or sorry, our game previews for the upcoming week of NBA basketball. Let's jump to our power rankings. And these, again, will also be posted on our Instagram account. I'll plug that again real quick. The name is, uh, the account name is crossover across time, all one word, no caps, on Instagram. So you can follow that for not only our uh, content from the show as far as MVP picks, power rankings, things of that nature, but also we will like and follow uh, content from all across the NBA. So it's kind of your one-stop shop for NBA action, staying up to date in that regard. Um, I'll talk you through my power rankings real quick. Now I'm going to change at the top. Celtics 1, Nuggets 2, Grizzlies 3. Uh, Celtics were undefeated last week. Nuggets were 3-1. and one. Grizzlies were so-and-so. They, they were 2-2. Two and two. They were so-so. 
Um, but they they had built enough ground on those other teams that they kind of are able to stay at that three spot for now. Um, Sixers and Bucks both move up. They're four and five respectively. Sixers went three and zero. Oh, Bucks went two and one. Bucks made a strong step after a few weeks of kind of slipping. Um, Drew Holiday stepped up in the absence of of Giannis and especially Chris Middleton. And the Sixers three and zero in that stretch. They're playing some strong basketball right now. Harden and Embiid playing very well together. The Nets fall to six. They fall two spots. They went two and two in the last week. And again, it's not really a fault of their own. It's just without Durant, they've they're not as dominant as they were, and they, we didn't really expect them to be. Um, but they fall to six. They're still in that top ten group. I think if they can get Durant back sooner rather than later. They have a good chance of staying in the top 10, regardless of, uh, you know, even if it's another week or two before he's back, I think they can stay in that top 10. And then once he's back, maybe move back into the top five. Cavs stay right at seven. Uh, They were two and two this last week. They're still very good in the East. Um, They haven't made that leap to be one of the best teams in the NBA yet. They're still a best team in the East, not just the best team in the NBA full stop. Uh, the Kings move up one to the number eight spot. They were two and one last week. Uh, the beam team keeps it going. You know, they're, they're strong. They're building, you know, more and more wins. They're establishing a solid record and they're playing great team basketball. The Pelicans fell one spot and they probably could have fallen a lot more spots. Uh, they went 0 and four the last week, a pretty brutal week for them. They're still uh, desperately needing the return of at least Brandon Ingram and or Zion Williamson, ideally both of those players. Um, they fall one spot. Similar to Memphis, they had enough of a, a lead in terms of overall record on some of these other teams to kind of hold steady in that top 10. New to the top 10 is the Miami Heat. They went 2-2 two and two the last week, um, but they just were stronger than some other teams that fell out, uh, such as the Mavericks and the Knicks. Um well, I, sorry, excuse me. The Knicks was the main one that fell. The Mavericks actually jumped up a spot. Uh, big movers, the Hawks and the Suns both jumped uh, big spots. Uh, the Suns jumped up six spots. The Hawks jumped up five. The Lakers jumped up a few as well. They went up three. Meanwhile, uh, the Pacers and the Trailblazers both fell big. Pacers fell seven spots. Trailblazers fell six. And then, of course, our bottom five has stayed the same. Uh, the Rockets at the bottom, Pistons above them, then Hornets and Spurs, then Magic. And that's kind of the general summary of where my power rankings lie. Um, again, you know, compare this to where you have these teams ranked. Is this similar? Do you have some teams higher, some teams lower? What do you disagree with? Um, and again, we'll post these on our Instagram account. Hopefully, we'll have um, some additional power rankings from Wyatt and Justin uh, to post in the future. I know that they were wanting to get theirs updated uh, in the near future. So hopefully they can get those updated and we can get that on the Instagram account for you. But again, if you've got busy schedules, we've all got busy schedules. So uh, no problem for, for that whatsoever if they're a little bit delayed. Um, now, we'll jump to our weekly MVP. <clears throat> again, getting a drink, trying to keep my voice going here. Um I fortunately did get Wyatt's input and his votes as far as a weekly MVP. Um, 
again, he's busy with some other stuff, but he did have some time to contribute that for us. So we, I appreciate him doing that. Um, I have his votes for MVP. I have my own votes. I'll give you the candidates and I'll give you the MVP because I've already kind of decided ahead of time looking at where he was thinking voting wise, what I was thinking and decided on uh, a best choice for both of us for our weekly MVP. Looking at the candidates, we had some some great candidates this week again. It wasn't a week like that one week that Luca had where he was the clear-cut choice. There was a week of plenty of great candidates. We had Jason Tatum, Kyrie Irving, Joel Embiid, LeBron James, Nikola Jokic, Drew Holiday, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, De'Aaron Fox, DeJounte Murray, and Mikael Bridges. Um, and, you know, Mikael Bridges statistically wasn't as solid as some of the others, but he was, you know, the one of the key pieces in the Suns having a resurgent week after many weeks of struggling. Uh, similar thing with uh, Darren Fox, you know, they got to keep a Kings guy in there because the Kings have been playing some great basketball, but he had a great week himself nonetheless. Um, but I didn't end up going with either of them, nor did I go with Tajante Murray of the Hawks, who had a solid week himself. Um, but I went with a guy and, well, Wyatt and I both went with, because, again, his vote was definitely a, con- a contributing factor. Took that into account as far as our picks compared, figured out who would be the best pick. Uh, our collective pick for MVP this week is a guy that's been in the conversation. He's been on this list uh, probably three-fourths of the time and just hasn't gotten it yet. And, you know, was I swayed by that? Did I feel guilty that he didn't win it yet? It's possible. It's possible that it's, you know, a, a part of the decision. But he also had a great week, and he contributed to a uh, – an undefeated stretch for his team in this week, even though he didn't play all three of the games they played. Um, But I'll quit the suspense. We're going with Jason Tatum for this weekly MVP for week 14. He played two games of the three that they played this week. They were undefeated in that stretch. He scored, uh, he averaged 42 and a half points per game, 14 rebounds per game. Those two alone are very great. Um, Five and a half assists along with five and a half turnovers, but uh, I was willing to forgive that, you know, because he's not really a pure distributor. He's just, you know, kind of making plays as the main, you know, where the ball goes, especially when they were absent uh, Jalen Brown for a few games. Uh, One and a half steals. His percentages were pretty good, 48% from the floor, 44 from three-point range. He was perfect from the free throw line. He played the most minutes per game by far in the stretch, 44 minutes per game. And he was a plus 11 in that stretch. So um, thought he was a standout of this crowd. The Celtics have been a standout team. Great week for Jason Tatum. And uh, it's about time for him to, to win a weekly MVP award. So congratulations, Jason Tatum, uh, the MVP trophy again, our He's the first winner of it now being called the Jeremy Lin Weekly MVP Award. If you didn't see that on Instagram, that is the official name of our trophy, the Jeremy Lin Weekly MVP uh, Trophy. So Jalen, or excuse me, Jason. Jason, if you want to come 
pick up the Jeremy Lin trophy. You can hold on to it for the week and then bring it back for next week. But congratulations to you for winning the award. And that takes us through most of our stuff for the quote-unquote Monday show. I'll give you the this day in history for what would have been uh, yesterday's. So this is the 23rd, January 23rd, going back just a few years to 2015. Uh, yesterday, let's see, it would be eight years ago yesterday, January 23rd of 2015, uh, the Golden State Warriors' Clay Thompson scores 52 points in a 126-101 to win over the Sacramento Kings. In the win, Thompson set an NBA record for points in a quarter by scoring 37 points in the third. It broke the record of 33 points previously held by George Gervin and Carmelo Anthony. Uh, they both have tied for that record. So, you know, I remember hearing about it. I didn't see this game live, um, but I remember hearing about it the next day at school talking about it with my friends um, and how crazy of a stretch that is. And you watch the highlights and how incredulous the Warriors announcers are. It's uh, it's pretty fantastic to watch, but um, yeah, so that was uh, eight years ago yesterday from Monday. So there we go. That takes care of everything for the, the Monday quote unquote Monday edition of the show. Uh, once again, I do apologize for missing that show, but we'll be following this episode up immediately with our Tuesday episode, our actual official Tuesday episode. We'll do our game summaries from Monday's action. We'll talk the latest news, uh, and then we'll talk briefly about the awards chases and what might be new in that conversation. So uh, thanks again, all of you, for listening. Uh, I do apologize why it wasn't able to be on the show, just simply due to my poor planning, but he'll be back next week. You should have Justin tomorrow on the Wednesday show, and again, we'll have a bonus episode quote-unquote bonus for our Tuesday episode uh, immediately following this one. So thanks again, and uh, we'll be back with you very soon.